You are listening to Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. Expand your mind and keep it love. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a David Icke Dot Connector special. Today, we're going to be talking about the coronavirus. Um, first of all, what I'd like to do is just get um, David, my dad, um, thoughts on the coronavirus and what what you think this is all about. Well, when anything like this happens, guys, uh, my first question uh, is. The question I think everyone needs to ask, and that is who benefits, because uh, one of the great things to remember is a a very old phrase. um, He who most benefits from a crime is the one most likely to have committed it. And uh, if you put that in the perspective of what I've been writing about and talking about for 30 years, which is a, a global cult, that's what it is. Um, with an agenda to create a global Orwellian state of total centralized dictatorship and control in every area of our lives. Now, you can't just do that out of nothing. You have to have excuses to do it, which seem plausible to a large number of people. And this is where the uh, phrase I coined back in the 90s um, comes from, which is problem, reaction, solution. You create a problem or the illusion of one, depending on what it is. You then tell the public the version of the problem you want them to believe. And you want them to either say do something or at least accept that something must be done, even if they don't like it. And number three stage in problem reaction solution is then you offer the solutions to the problems you have covertly um, created. And I, of course, have written about many, many subject areas and scenarios uh, which would allow a problem of a global nature, because if you want to create a global uh, control state, then you need global problems to which you can offer global solutions. And uh, there are many uh, and various, but one of them that I've highlighted over the years is a pandemic, uh, which ticks every single box of problem, reaction, solution in terms of creating a Orwellian global state. We know, of course, that um, China is an authoritarian, tyrannical dictatorship. But if you look at what's happened since the coronavirus outbreak, they have excelled themselves, even by their standards, in terms of um, imposition of the state on the people. And we're already seeing, as, as it starts to seep out into other areas of the world, uh, the the authority and the public reaction, which both of them are incredibly predictable. You are um, seeing um, more and more suggestions that an authoritarian approach is necessary to protect the public from the virus. I'm even uh, reading articles, Gaz, one I remember by a couple of idiot um, academics, that um, flying is so 
dangerous in terms of uh, passing on the virus that um, only vaccinated people should be allowed to fly. Um, and the the potential for we must do this to protect you is is enormous um, when you're dealing with a situation like this. And um, so who benefits from what is happening currently? Anyone that wants the excuse to impose more and more dictatorship on the public globally. And it's all like everything in this conspiracy. It's a psychological game. And the human psychology that is mercilessly manipulated absolutely in what we're seeing now is this what appears to be innate fear of death, which comes from an innate fear of the unknown. And so the potential for imposing um, a global Orwellian lockdown is not only enormous in terms of the excuses to do it, but you're going to get massive public support to do it. Because they're going to be saying, indeed, you're starting to see it. Do, do, do anything, anything, just basically save us. And uh, so we have this, um, this cocktail of psychology, which is, um, which is potentially um, a precursor to uh, a massive expansion of public control. You also have um, in this uh, agenda that I've been uh, pointing out for 30 years, and, and particularly I've emphasized it since the financial crash of 2008, that um, there is a plan for a massive financial crash, much bigger than 2008, to provide a problem reaction solution to, um, to impose a whole new economic order. And when you um, when you look at what is being suggested as a solution to climate change, this human caused climate change hoax, they are saying we need a new economic order. Now, what are we seeing already in the early stages of this coronavirus situation? We're seeing. Um, big impacts on the financial markets and potentially because what has been happening uh, for a long time is that these major corporations and companies have been moving their production and becoming dependent for their supply line on China. So now China's in upheaval. That is having a knock-on effect uh, big time to the rest of the world and potentially it could get a, a hell of a lot worse. So wherever you look, you have this um, this potential of problem reaction solution to impose the very Orwellian global state that um, that I've been warning uh, was planned. And the other thing that you have in a situation where 
oh, we've got this problem, so we have to impose this authoritarianism, is that even when the, the quote, problem is passing, the authoritarian um, impositions to deal with the problem don't get rolled back, or at least don't get rolled back to where they were before. So in terms of who benefits, there's only one group of people who benefit from what is happening, and that's anyone that wants to have a, an excuse to um, to create or move further towards this global Orwellian state. And, you know, I, I've highlighted over the years in the books uh, insiders who've actually talked about one of their plans is to release viruses into the the public arena. There was a guy called um, Dr. Richard Day, who was a big Rockefeller insider. Um, and he told a meeting of pediatricians in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 1969, a series of things that all have happened or are happening in detail. And one of them was that they were going to um, introduce diseases to the population via um, inoculation. And we shouldn't forget um, either that, you know, I've talked at length about the project, the New American Century, this um, organization set up in America, uh, which uh, listed the countries for regime change and said we have to have a massive event uh, like a Pearl Harbor to justify it. Um, and they uh, said this in September 2000. And a year later, they had 9-11, which justified the list of countries that have been pursued and many overthrown ever since. But there was something else in that document, um, which, again, uh, could well relate to the current situation. And um, to give you the exact quote, the um, Project the New American Century uh, document talked about the development of advanced forms of biological warfare that can target specific genotypes and may transform biological warfare from the realm of terror uh, to a politically useful tool. And the people that wrote this are still walking the streets and not under psychiatric care because before people dismiss any of this stuff, they need to grasp the scale of psycho, psychopath and psychopathic evil that actually we're dealing with in terms of what's um, driving the um, direction of the world. And um, we'll get into this as we go along in this chat. But um, the United States, a laboratory in Wuhan, China, where this outbreak is supposed to have um, started, seems to have done, and in other countries around the world, including Britain, Port and Down, the infamous Port and Down, they have um, bio labs that are developing these very biological warfare agents. And uh, so there are many things we need to take into account um, in terms of what's going on and not just accept the official version. 
Interestingly, with the project for the New American Century, I mean, they spoke about regime change in China. Um, and as we spoke about when we had a chat about um, Iran, I mean, you don't necessarily have to have a war to win a war, if that makes any sense. So with China, you'd think regime, regime change, so what are they going to do? They're going to invade China. Maybe they have. You know. Well, I think to put this into perspective and, and where we will uh, probably go with this in terms of where did it come from, it's important that we realize that at the level of this global cult that I'm talking about, there are no countries. They want global control. You may be an American member of this cult or a British member of this cult or a Chinese member of this cult, but you have no allegiance to American people, British people or Chinese people. Your allegiance is to the cult and its agenda for total global control dollars a year. There are many of these um, uh, labs in America and uh, that, like I say, in Britain and certainly the Wuhan one in China. And that's number one, uh, Gaz, in the coincidences. Um, this is a, um, a bio lab um, which is called level four and the, the, the level is the level of containment, the level of ability to contain these uh, really um, uh, lethal viruses that they're working with. And um, there's one in China and it's in Wuhan. And Wuhan comes up um, again and again and again. For instance, um, they um, had a games, a military games just before this coronavirus broke out um, where um, there were 10,000 military sportsmen and women from around the world, all over the world they came from. Um, and there was a big team from the United States and it was held in Wuhan. Um, and at the same time that that was going on, there was a simulation um, happening in which um, the usual suspects like the World Economic Forum, this organization that meets in Davos in Switzerland every year. I mean, the World Economic Forum is just another term for the one percent, the elite of the elite. And um, also organizing this simulation um, was the, uh, the the John Hopkins uh, organization in America and um, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, another massive one percent organization that is absolutely at the forefront of seeking to um, vaccinate the world. Now, what was this simulation? It was a simulation of a pandemic of a coronavirus and how the reaction and the response would unfold if it happened. This was happening six weeks, this simulation, before the real outbreak began in China. Uh, the reports came out about China. And among the things they were very focused upon was censoring anyone 
who was challenging the official narrative of the pandemic and how they would have to target, quote, anti-vaxxers, because, of course, part of a problem reaction solution in a pandemic is to produce the solution of a vaccine. And if you get people so wound up in fear, oh, my God, then not only are they going to accept even compulsory vaccination against the virus, but they are going to have no problem with those that don't want to be vaccinated being forced to do so or at least isolated. Even after the pandemic faded, the more authoritarian control and oversight of citizens and their activities um, stuck uh, and even intensified. That's what I mentioned earlier. They say, oh, we've got to do this because of this. And then when this comes to an end, oh, but we're not going to roll them back now. But China's the blueprint. And like I, I said earlier, people should just put aside borders. This cult doesn't have borders. Um, and so it's not about Chinese people or, 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 or um, what's good or whatever for Chinese people. It's about the agenda and the blueprint is China. And what you've seen in China, like I said earlier, is the um, the ranking up or the ratcheting up of um, the authoritarian nature of the state on a scale even surpassing anything we've seen even in China before. Uh, why? Because we must protect the people from the coronavirus. Uh, so um, if you put the borders aside and just look at the Chinese regime as a, a, a dot or a strand in the global web, then this starts to... Um, make more sense because there is a reason why these various scenarios of a pandemic praise China for the way they uh, dealt with it, either, you know, in theory or literally in terms of locking everything down and um, imposing a, a state. Um, well, I mean, they're pulling people off the street. They're pulling people out of their houses. Um, and uh, this is what they want globally. And um, this situation gives them the potential to do that. What we as people need to do um, is stay calm. Very important, because once you start to panic, um, you stop thinking straight and you come purely from emotion and you come from um, the survival instinct and your survival instinct will say, do anything. I can't just let me survive. We need to stay calm and and just look at this rationally and calmly. And then we'll see things that panic will not see. And uh, like I've said many times, Know the outcome and you'll see the journey. The outcome they want is a global um, Orwellian dictatorship. I say Orwellian beyond anything that even Orwell um, envisaged. And once you know that, you can see the steps towards it. And this situation provides endless potential to make many steps very quickly. Absolutely. 
This is episode 158, and I'm your host, Miguel. You just heard a 20-minute clip from speaker David Icke, who is one of the original OG uh, truth speakers. I don't want to call a conspiracy theorist, but truth speaker. And if there was a Mount Rushmore for such speakers, truth speakers, definitely David Icke would be at the forefront right in that Mount Rushmore, along with Jordan Maxwell, Bill Cooper... Jill Wood Griffith, the, the, I can go on and on, the list goes on and on. I could even put Art Bell in there, going back that far, as far as just having a great show. Very important that we have a, a, a look that's balanced as far as, you know, not just seeing the rosy side, but things that are actually happening. Deep, deep inside of me, man, just my gut and my intuition and my feeling and just my years of experience in, in, in looking at different subject matter, uh, honestly, man, I think this whole thing has already been decided. Trump is going to be the president. And I, I believe I mentioned it in my last podcast. Like, this is a superhero villain type deal where we have, you know, the villain and the superhero, depending on your view. And this way, when whoever wins is going to win, I believe Trump is going to win. I believe it's been predetermined. Because how are you going to have Biden win as president? And and, and that Kamala Harris, she's withholding evidence on people and keeping people in prison and just corrupt, lining her pockets typical politician you need yeah man you need to have that that view where you have an understanding that you can't just always be leaning always toward the negative side of what's happening so that's why i kind of try to avoid doing that i'll just sprinkle it in and because we all know what's happening but he was so concise david i can in in this especially people that are kind of just getting into it and don't have an understanding or need that little nudge to kind of open up their eyes. Uh, people are just opening up their eyes left and right. I see it on Instagram. People waking up, which is as it should be, man. You know, the difference between the truth and the lie, you got to work really hard to keep a lie going. The truth, it, it needs no one to defend it. It can walk the streets and will defend itself. But a lie has to be perpetuated and you have to remember how you lied and when you get caught and you, all that fun stuff that you, you heard when you was a kid or you should have heard when you were a kid. So, I could say the left, and if I have people that are from the left listening or whatever, you know, I apologize. So actually, I don't apologize. I'm just being honest. That movement, man, has lost its mind. When you're killing people, that young kid who shot the, they were Kyle, whatever his name is, they were trying to kill him, man. It's on video. They were chasing him. They hit him with the skateboard. They were attacking him, jumping on him. I don't know. I didn't see where he shot the initial guy, but that initial guy was a piece of shit lighting dumpsters on fire. Not to justify any type of murder. I mean, it's it's, it's bad no matter how you look at it, but don't foment hate and violence, man, and shooting. You know, there's no reason for that. It happens, but there's no reason for it, man. They're trying to overturn this country, man, and overturn this democracy that we have that's already dwindled away. I mean, I remember, and I don't want to sound like an old baby boomer, but back in the day, I mean, it was a lot better as far as your freedoms and what you could do. So... Yeah, this is a very interesting time to see what's going to happen. I foresee Trump winning this election. It's already been planned. There's no way Biden's going to be the president with Kamala Harris as vice president and all of this going on. And there's a lot of, uh, it, there seems to be stuff going on in the undercurrent. But this way, when Trump gets elected, let's say he does, I'm not voting for him or against him. I just don't want e- either of them. But this way, when Trump gets in office, it'll be like uh, people will feel like they had their way. Well, if you look at the rallies, man, I mean, Biden doesn't have anybody coming out to see him. Like, zero. Like, the janitor will be there clapping and shit. Whereas Trump is pulling a lot of people because he's saying what people want to hear. Um, He makes some right choices, man. I will say that on his behalf. You know, the guy, I know he's up for the super rich and he's funding countries he really shouldn't be funding, but that's a separate issue. I don't want to get into that.
So I, again, I don't want to get political on this episode. Uh, David Ike just broke it down brilliantly on uh, what he just laid out there. And uh, yeah, man, this is going to be a, a shorty this week, this podcast. So yeah, I do want to thank you for listening and namaste. And just in closing, I want to thank you listeners for supporting me. I've been checking my Chartable.com ratings, that's the iTunes ratings, and uh, I'm maintaining pretty good listening numbers and good ranking as far as philosophy category. I'm constantly like in the top 150 in America, Canada, UK, Australia, so it's awesome. And then I get a lot of listeners in California, so I want to thank you guys too, all of you. So, yeah, man. Again, it's a short show this week, and uh, yeah. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, And I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is Alpha Male Buddhist. And check out my YouTube channel, Alpha Male Buddhist, and that's on YouTube. It is the podcast accompanied with video clips that integrate exactly with the podcast, so it's motivational and inspirational. I also have promotional t-shirts. If you go to my website, alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com, you can see the promotional t-shirts there. Reach out to me. Also, if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast, just reach out and see if I can get that done. I've been getting some really great emails and feedback from my listeners, which is great. So I want to thank you for listening and namaste.